training camp. Oh, that was nice. I like that. Welcome back to training camp. It's the uh, it's the show where three roommates just decided, hey, we talk about sports so dang much. Let's just throw it on a podcast, see if anybody listens. My mic's working th- today. Let's get a, a little round of applause for that. Hey, Thank you, sir. Uh, guys, what's going on? How's it, how, Griff? How's it going? Fantastic. Um, Preds just got a big dub, so I'm in a good mood tonight. Huge. Um, yeah, doing well. Just coming off the weekend. Sorry, we're recor- recording a little bit late. We've been busy the past two days with homework and all that jazz, but we're here now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Will, what's up, man? Nothing much. Uh, Sunday afternoon, I was down in the dumps. About a zero out of ten happiness. Titans really let me down. Uh, of course, the Colts beat the Chiefs. Uh, nobody called that. Houston ran them. So we're a game back in a That's conference right. now. So. Uh, We'll get to that, but uh, Preds won. Uh, Preds are looking good. Um, that brings up the happiness a little. That's and, true. Yeah, um, we're better recording today because we would have been a little depressed Sunday night or Monday night because Monday night we, uh, us three and our uh, flag football team, got eliminated from the playoffs. So hey, we won one. We won one, lost one, but hey, we're still done. We're we're done with intramural football for our our, our lives. So it's it's a little a little emotional. We well, went out with a fight though. Just so uh, you know where to check us out, you can always follow us on Instagram. For me, it's uh, at V underscore Jbeard. Guys, let them know where they can find you. Gbump17. At It's Will's World with two Ds. And you can also follow the Training Camp Podcast. It's uh, at The Training Camp Podcast. And you can follow us on YouTube. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I know we got a couple of listeners out there who'd rather prefer to watch it rather than listen, but hey. Shout out Hunter Rosine. Shout out Hunter Rosine. But hey, if you want to catch us there, you just search Training Camp Podcast and it's the first thing that shows up. I looked at it and I, I typed in Training Camp Podcast and I was like, oh shoot. Like, we're the first ones that come up. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Not that anybody else is named Training Camp Podcast. I was say, hopefully that's, there aren't many other podcasts named. That's probably why. Us. But all right, guys. I mean, we're going to get right into it. Uh, how, how was the weekend? Let me, know, let me know how it was. It was a good weekend. I mean, me and Jack and some of our boys went to the UT game. Will, uh, he sat this one out. But we still had a good time. Neyland was rocking. Uh, we stood in the line for Cool Beans in the pouring rain. Like, longest Cool Beans line I've ever seen in my life. Which, yeah, dude. Holy. Yeah. It was wrapped around, for those of you Knoxville natives, it was wrapped around towards the 10, and it was like hitting the 10 building. It was at the 10. It was yeah. at the 10. I've never seen it that long. It came out of the parking lot, curved around, and almost hit the 10. I feel like Cool Beans and Hannah's like this year, just like progressively each week, it's getting longer and longer and longer. I don't know why. Well, I think this was going to be a good game too, like yeah, like Tennessee, Tennessee, Georgia. I think yeah, that was there were a lot of Georgia one. people here. We're gonna have a lot of Mississippi State kids here too, though. So we'll yeah. see about this weekend. Yeah, uh, I think that um, South Carolina will probably be better than Mississippi State, as far as like from like a traveling fan perspective, maybe. I don't even know how Mississippi State fans travel. I know we got a bunch of friends that go there. Yeah, I just know I know more people at Mississippi State, and I know, like, this game's been circled since we scheduled a couple years ago. So, I don't know. It should be a fun weekend. Uh, My weekend was good. Just hung out with the the old squad and uh, went out to the bars. Got to run home from the bars in the pouring down rain. (laughs) Yeah, it was like... Me and Griffin. Straight pouring. So, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, good college weekend. Uh, Titans, what... Ended the weekend poorly, but the rest of the weekend was fun for us. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't know. My weekend was was great. Uh, I had a buddy come in from uh, Chattanooga who stayed with us, and uh, got him into the game. It was his first time he's seen like, or second time he's seen a game in Neyland, But this was like, this was something else, man. This it's was like a good game, a good th- first quarter. This threw me back to like our freshman year, going to games, like going to see in the Florida game, being hyped up to see Georgia before Georgia was who they are now. But I mean, like it was, it was awesome. It yeah. was so I I think decibels easily went over a hundred. Vol fans showed out. I saw a tweet earlier that was like, "Yeah, you don't see this from a fan base who's zero and three, or one and three, yeah, and uh, like getting this loud for a team that's like not that good." Yeah, and it was weird because I know me and you, when we were at the game, we turned around in the student section. We were in like the third row or something, and we turned around in the student section, and we we're like, "Wow, there's nobody here." But then, yeah. midway th- midway through the first quarter, it like it filled in. It filled in, and it looked like it was sold out in the student section at least. I know some people up high didn't come, but it honestly looked so pretty sold out. Yeah, I was impressed, especially for a game that everybody knew was going to be a blowout. Like they showed out. Like usually, you look at like at Neyland and you look up in the rafters, and you're like, "Ah, man." Not that great. Yeah. But today, like, or on Saturday, it looked sold out, which I was I was psyched for. And then when we went up 14-10 in the first quarter, like, 
It was great. And honestly, <laughs> the first half was good. Yeah, the first half was a fun if, time. If they didn't get that, that momentum swing at halftime, Griff, you want to take talk them through what went down there? Yeah, you want to just get straight in, straight into the UT straight game into here? Straight into the UT game, man. We've already talked about so, how it gets rowdy. Yeah, so Neyland was rowdy. I mean, like Jack said, threw us back to Florida game freshman year. But I thought one of the biggest things in the game, obviously we'll get into other parts of the game too, but y'all chime in, was the halftime swing. They were getting the ball to start the second half. And we had the ball with about a minute and a half to two minutes left. And Simaglia came on to kick the field goal. It was 20 to 14 at that time. He missed the field goal. And Georgia came back down the field and scored before halftime. So what could have been a 20 to 17 game was a 27 to 14 game going into halftime. So then it was just like all the air was taken out of the stadium at that point. And I was I was talking with Kyle as soon as Simaglia came on. Kyle was sitting with us. As soon as Simaglia came on, I look at him and I go, if he misses this field goal, this is going to be one of the biggest momentum swings in the game, and it'll be game over right here. And then he missed it, and they came back and scored. But How did it look on TV, Will? Well, I mean, I knew it was like a 40-plus yard field goal, and for college kickers, that's not automatic. But, um, yeah, once once that happened, it was kind of like the fun's – not the fun's over, but it's like we we did our best. Like, that's probably game. Uh, but like y'all said, the crowd looked amazing on TV. They just showed a pan of, like, rock, everybody singing Rocky Top before the game. And it was it looked like a great game, especially or a great a filled stadium, especially for a one and three team. Yeah, I don't think you'll find that anywhere else in the nation for uh, this bad of a team. So. I loved seeing the uh, the track cam come on, you know, like the like the the bird's eye view yeah. cam, and it'd yeah. come in and get the student section. And I was like, oh shoot, this is actually like a good game. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, I've been surprised too with the schedule. We've gotten three night games already. Uh, BYU and Georgia. BYU, Georgia. Oh, I guess that is it. Yeah. Is it, yeah. But two. And then, oh, I, I'm thinking about the scheduled third one that we have against Bama, the 9 o'clock Oh, yeah, game. 9 p.m. But, like, yeah. of course, our senior year, we get the most night games in our worst talent <laughs> year. Know. Like, it's the worst possible thing that could happen. But And I think one of the most fun games coming up, Mississippi State, having that at noon, that kind of sucks because I've been, I've been excited about this game. Still not going, obviously. But oh, Dude, come what on. is your problem? Really? Yeah. The boys showed out. Like, I mean, they, they I'm, hung okay. with Georgia for a quarter. I might buy a ticket. Let me. Boys showed out, and I, this is going to be a good game. I think we're going to beat Mississippi State, but a noon <laughs> game, like, oh. Oh, don't give me that. Will hasn't even gone to bed by 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll probably impulse buy a ticket and just scoot down to the third row with y'all, but, yeah. I don't know. I think we're going to win this weekend. Uh, I think Maurer. I think Maurer's the guy. He's got the swag. He's got yeah. the it factor, and everybody else elevates their play with him. And um, if we can play like we did the first half against Georgia, I think we can beat two or three SEC schools this year. So. We have a we have an inside source um, from the Tennessee football team saying that Maurer's getting all the snaps this week too. He's getting all the snaps this week. And then uh, I think you guys saw in a press conference earlier, Pruitt came out and uh, they asked him, well, is, did, did Maurer play well enough to get the start against Mississippi State? And he goes, well, you know, I'll have to check the tape, but I think he would have to have a terrible week of practice for him to not play next week. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd almost rather him come out and say Maurer's going to be the starter, but... I mean, he will. You I, know he I, will this I, week. I think so, too. In the midweek presser, he'll definitely say I that. mean, true freshman, first ever start against the third-ranked team in the country, and you had his stats, Will. Yeah, stats? 14 uh, for 28 completion, 259 passing yards, uh, two touchdowns, and one interception. And uh, I mean, that's pretty dang against, good against Georgia. Georgia's full five-star defense, yeah, I'll take it. I also read a stat that said that he is... Uh, Okay, so he threw for 259, yeah? Yes. As a freshman. Don't give me that. No, no, he threw for 255 as a <laughs> freshman. Is he going to say the Peyton Manning? Yeah. Thing? No, no. yeah. Well, no, it, it wasn't Peyton Manning. He is like the second quarterback to, to throw for. Oh, he's the second most throwing yards as a freshman quarterback. And I don't even know who has the record, but it's like 315. For us or for the nation? Yeah, no, as like a starting, no, like a, like a starting Vols rookie quarterback in his first start okay because yeah. that's I, a pretty niche stat yeah it is but like still like hey come on no i, I thought, thought he was gonna say the peyton manning yeah thing too, on twitter yeah. and on tv no, yeah. they flashed like peyton manning's first game first starting game and brian Myers and brian Myers stats he like, did better than blew peyton. him out of the water yeah. i was like yeah. y'all need to peyton manning was his first game was horrible and anybody's gonna be better than the stats that he i would hope but the, they just want to compare him to somebody honestly like peyton yes you're an incredible vols quarterback but at the same time uh like I feel like he makes his money as far as the resume being like the pro quarterback that he was. 
Oh, 100%. I think yeah. he was just like a, he was an above average college quarterback, and he was just an insane elite quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like he's more, he's one of those, like, you see him, like, you see his style in college, like, like for J- Justin Herbert, for example, not that he's ever going to be like Peyton Manning, but it's like, he's not insane in college, but like, you can tell he's going to translate well to the pros. Yeah. And yeah. No, hey, well, well, that being said, guys, uh, me and our buddy Kyle were talking last night about uh, quarterbacks in the SEC, and we were saying like how we were comparing like Tua and Fromm, and there's no way that Tua, and we talked about this on a podcast last week. We said that Tua, like, no way he's going to be good in the NFL. And I want to flip it back on you guys and say, do you think Fromm is going to translate in the NFL? I think Fromm, so. Agree with what you said about Tua. I don't know about no way he's going to be horrible, but like all he does is throw RPO slants because his receivers are insane. Right. But Jake Fromm, he definitely plays a more pro style offense than Bama does, in my opinion. Um, I'm just curious what happens because if you watched our game, he literally had all day to throw. I don't think we, I don't think his he was on the ground. One we had time. we had two pressures. Oh, did. Two pressures, but nothing touched him. Does that mean we actually like, knocked him down? No, that? no, no, no. That, that means you like you were like n- near him before. It's like he either he like had to move <laughs> move to throw the ball, or you like hit him right after you threw the ball, or, or you pushed the O lineman like back close to him. <laughs> okay, so we got within a three foot radius of from twice, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, obviously you're gonna play well like with all those athletes around you at Georgia. I'm just curious to see like when he gets a. When he gets a defense that's as good as his offense that he right. has, like how good he's gonna be. But I think he's gonna be solid. I like he's got a really strong arm, but yeah, Will, you you go. I would say honestly Tua too, um I I don't know. Like you you know game manager like obviously Alabama he's a game manager. historically. Right, right. But like I think he's got the brain and the calmness to be an NFL quarterback. I could I would say he could be like a Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins or like a Alex Smith even like Alex Smith never throws deep. Um, I would say he's probably in the middle of one of those projection wise. Um, Tua, uh, I don't. It's just so hard to judge when you when both of them are surrounded by that much talent. But um, I mean, I said it last week. I said who's the last Alabama quarterback that's been good in the NFL, right. and there really hasn't been any. Yeah, McCarron's the longest lasting. He's been back up ninety percent of the time. He's so. never been a starter, McCarron. Or was he? What was he for the Bengals for like two games? Um, like maybe. Yeah, possibly. He was named the starter for the Bills um, during <laughs> preseason. Then he's hurt his leg and never got it back. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, two, I really don't have a. He's kind of unique. You can't really relate him to anybody. But I think uh, Fromm could ceiling be Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, uh, Alex Smith. Well, that being said. Uh, I'm happy with the Georgia game. I, I really am. I don't really have uh, much complaints knowing that we are like a young team and the fact that we put up a fight with them for a half and even had the lead going into the second quarter. Like, I, I'm happy with that. Um, I think that it would have been a completely different story if we did get pressure on Fromm just a little bit. But the problem was, is especially like late in the game, he would just sit back in the pocket and he would have – a legit four or five seconds to throw, and eventually one of your receivers is going to get open. We can't guard he, would, that long. he would just yeah. throw a bullet to one of them, and it'd yeah. be a game over. And I'm yeah. like, and I feel definitely second half, our defense was on the field way more than our offense. And yeah. They're drained, and they're not as good as their offensive line. So we do need to work on pressuring people, but uh, hopefully we see that change against Mississippi State. Yeah. And on the flip side, too, our, I'm, I was happy with our offensive line, and I was happy with our quarterback, and I was happy with our receivers for the most part. Like our, I think our offense did pretty well. Yeah, I was happy with the game overall, too, just competing for a quarter. Um, I was actually listening to something, and y'all give your opinion on this, too. I was actually listening to another podcast about UT, and it was with a former UT coach, and he was talking about how there's like, there's an upper echelon of teams in the SEC, like the Georgias and the Alabamas, LSU, like Florida and Auburn are up there, and then there's a lower echelon where it's like us and the Mississippi States and the South Carolinas, and like six of our next seven games are all against teams in our echelon, if that makes sense, with the only one being Bama. But, like, we're playing these teams that we know are just way better than us, and we competed for a quarter. But I'm curious to see how we're going to do the rest of the season because we're playing teams that are more kind of our caliber. So it'll be interesting to see if we can compete with them. My last thing on Tennessee, I definitely 
Piggybacking off Griffin, I definitely think we can probably pull at least two games out uh, in SEC play. I hope all the non-SEC players W's at this point. But another thing with freshman quarterbacks, I think week to week in college, when you see a true freshman quarterback playing, that you can see them getting better week to week to week. Like Bo Nix, first game against Oregon, he didn't look great. He had like under 150 passing yards for the majority of the but game. But he did win. Right, right, right. But I'm saying like now he looks even better and better and right, better. It's yeah. like true freshman quarterbacks, it seems like that – or have looked similar to Maurer in early games, you can tell the difference every single game. Like, they're learning, they're getting the feel, the speed of the game, and they're learning the offense better. They're seeing a lot more live reps. So I'd say I'd be hopeful to see Maurer uh, start performing and hopefully have a career game uh, either against Vandy or South Carolina or Mississippi State or uh, Missouri. I'm going to go back to this conversation that I had with Kyle before we go on. We had a We had a pretty – pretty deep sports talk it sounds like night. it yeah <laughs> but uh he was talking about how this mississippi state game is gonna be like a do or die for this team as far as what the attitude is gonna be like because he said you know here's what you got to do if you want to make a bowl game you're gonna have to win against mississippi state once you win against mississippi state you're going to lose against bama so count that as an l and then you really have to show out against south carolina you definitely have to win uab and it's going to be a toss-up whether or not we win these like missouri or kentucky or even the Vanderbilt game. So you have to win six. Don't know if we'll even get there, but if we finish the season six and six with a bowl game, I think that's a successful season. So we can lose Bama and one more. Mm-hmm. Bama okay, and one you're more. probably looking at it, but I, I just figured this, this out today. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. Griffin, what do you think Missouri's record is right now? <laughs> uh, I honestly don't. I Hold ha- on. How many games have there been? Let me take five. a guess. I had no idea. I, I was like, I have not paid attention to Missouri since week one. <laughs> I have either, so let's see. We played five games. Yeah. I'm gonna say one and four. They're four and one. Wow. <laughs> they are very dude. quietly. Kelly Bryant, show up. Um is honestly playing? Okay, but listen to their opponents. I know. It's the only big big name opponent is West Virginia. And they blew them out, but You could consider Carolina. Maybe. What South, South Carolina? Carolina? Maybe. Oh, I didn't know I yeah, I don't know. South Carolina's been kinda down this year, but yeah. Has Kelly Bryant been playing? Like, what's his deal? Is he actually? I ha- I I honestly have forgotten about Miss- Missouri until the- today in class. I was like, oh, we're recording night, and I was like going through the games in my head. I was like, Missouri, I didn't- I forgot they were in the SEC. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're getting blocked by Megan. I don't think so. Good. Yeah, he's uh. Let's see, against Mississippi. Oh, let's see, Mississippi State's next. He's thrown for. Let's see what he's got here today. It's 2019, right? So. He's thrown for 1,200 yards, Jesus. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, an overall 157 rating? I'm going to give that an L to the old <laughs> UT Vols. Oh, Lord. Wow. 65% completion rate. So, who have they played? I don't, y'all said they played no yeah, one. So I don't know played, they played. They lost uh, to Wyoming. Played Wyoming. West. Okay, so they lost to Wyoming. Everything after this is going to be a win. In the first game? Yep. So everything after this is going to be a win. West Virginia, SEMO. What is that? Southeastern Missouri. South Carolina Shout out. and Troy. What was the South Carolina score? 34-14. Wow, they Yeah, dude. They, they got ass, South Carolina. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe count that one as an L too. I don't like counting us out, but sounds like an L. Well, hey, speaking of L's, let's move on to the Titans, folks. Jeez, <laughs> it was a week. I'm gonna try not to rant, promise. But it was a week. And before we go on with this, Will, what's the tweet of the week? I think Griffin's going to do Tweet of the Week this week. Oh, Griffin. Am I doing Tweet of the Week? Okay, so um, so on Twitter, I don't know who tweeted it. You Titans fans probably saw it out there. Lawan retweeted it, so you can go find it. Lawan retweeted it? Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to pull it up on the screen or whatever you want to do. You don't have to. Well, but, let me see if I can find it. Um, so everybody knows the Bills Mafia. Like The Bills, fran- Bills fans travel super well. They got really, they're actually good this year. They're 4-1, and one, so the Bills fans are supporting them even more. And their thing with tailgating is they like to jump on tables. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but but on the during the tailgates, they like to jump on tables and break the tables. Thanks, Will. That was a nice one. It was a nice pop. So everyone, if you've been to Nashville or you're from Nashville, you know the pedestrian bridge. So this genius Bills fan decided to take a ta- take like a picnic table 
and set it probably like what fifteen to what fifteen feet away from the pedestrian it, it bridge. Probably, it Dude. was probably ten. It was probably ten like feet, ten yards maybe. That thing no, was from, from the actual jump. It was yeah, it was like grass, a little grass sidewalk, sidewalk and then, then the table. It was like right there. Okay, okay so fine. We'll, maybe like ten, twelve feet. 10, yeah. yeah, we'll give him like there was a table like ten feet away from the pedestrian bridge, and his like smart ass literally wanted to jump on the table so bad that he started on the pedestrian bridge and tried to launch himself off by like pushing down on the rail like a dolphin dive in call of duty yeah and totally missed the table face first on the pavement and got knocked out here it is if you're watching on youtube dude and he is <laughs> look he's, he's out, straight he's out up cold his out. face is in the he's eating dirt the best part is wearing an oj simpson jersey shout out OJ. is he actually yes so these other Bills fans, they're all like cheering him Hold on when he's doing it. Now they're actually concerned for his mental well-being. I'm gonna let's see if I can pull it. Yeah, this is gonna be lighter. Sorry for those of you on Twitter or on uh, YouTube. Here you go. Oh wow! Now it's gonna choose to load. <laughs> Here. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you saw it. They saw it. You saw it. Yeah. But like, are you that drunk or are you just that invested in your team? Or are you just that stupid? I don't understand. It's their thing. Since they made the playoffs, I think they should dive through tables and injure themselves. But uh, wow. I hope that man's Titans okay. fans, at least we have one dub this weekend. We are smarter than Bills fans. Even and though there was probably more Bills fans than Titans fans in our stadium. I'll, I'll take that. Dude, they travel well. They travel well. And, Will, you were in Lynchburg uh, just a couple of days ago, and you said that the Bills fans, like, yeah, all traveled so up there? Yeah, so I took a little field trip to Lynchburg uh, with one of my classes, and – I, I walk in, Lynchburg's the Jack Daniels uh, distillery, if you didn't know, and I walk in and I see like five people with, still decked out in Bill's gear. I was like, what the heck? This is on a Tuesday. I guess it, I guess if you're coming from Buffalo, the one guy I talked to from was, there, from, was from Arizona. He came here. He's a Bill's fan. Um, but I guess they're all over the nation. I guess if you're in Tennessee, uh, you like Jack Daniels, that's a marquee place to see. Um, it's a really cool distillery, and yeah. And on my way back out, I saw probably seven or eight more, and I talked to that one guy from Arizona, and I guess they travel well, and they're getting all their sightseeing done for, in one trip. So, uh, yeah, shout out Bill's fan base. Yeah, I wish I wish our Bill's I, I wish our fan base was like that. I, I you know I used to think that our fan base was like somewhat decent, but like this year and last year really have me going like. <laughs> It's kind of rare to find one of us at this point. I mean, Nashville's kind of turning into like a low-key LA, where like you come late, you show up, or yeah, you show up late and you leave Leave early. early. Yeah, yeah. It was also kind of weird. I mean, I think there was a little rain before the game, but it wasn't raining during the game. I understand that's why Titans fans don't want to go. But like our first possession of the game, it sounded like we were in an away stadium. Like multiple times in the game, you could hear Bills fans over Titans fans. Yeah, so that was a little disappointing, but. Even more disappointing was the game, if you guys want to talk about that. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I think there's some key takeaways. Uh, number one is going to be our O-line doesn't have any chemistry yet. Uh, Santos is a piece of shit, and he's kicked off the team. See you, mate. He's cut, for y'all, those of you who don't know. And uh, Vrabel, making some questionable decisions coaching for the second week in a row. Talk to me. I Second week in a row – Third time all season, he let those thirty seconds run off the clock in the Colts game. Oh, I uh, forgot about that. Last yeah, week, what? last week he goes for it on fourth down inside the twenty instead of going up by three scores. And this week, oh my God, our field goal kicker is zero and three on the day. We are down by seven. It's six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it's fourth and four. And we kick a fifty-three yard field goal to nobody's surprise. He misses it again. That and one that, wasn't even close. You need like, a touchdown to win the game. Oh, actually, actually, great. If you could talk about it for you a second. You need a have, touchdown to win the game, and we decide to kick for three when we're down seven. So they do they do game-winning chance percentages for, like, weird scenarios like that. And it says Tennessee misses the field goal. If Tennessee misses the field goal, we have a game-winning chance of 9.3%. If we convert that fourth down, we have a 29.3% chance to win the game. Does it say what we have if we make the field goal? 23.5. That's besides the point. Wow, that's up. actually higher than I would have thought. Same. I mean, it makes sense to me, I guess. I think we had all our timeouts at that point, we, too. We did, and we would be kicking off, so they'd probably be inside their 25. But this doesn't factor in a kicker that's already been 0-3 on the day. Like, if a kicker was 4-4 for four in the day and we're kicking that, I that's debatable. This is not debatable. Vrabel messed up. And the worst part, Vrabel's press, in Vrabel's press conference, he said, I had confidence he was going to make it. A 53-yard field goal when he's 0-3 on and the he's day. he's 0-3. And he's a backup kicker. So... 
My thing on that is... <laughs> You're taking a breather after I know, that. <laughs> everyone's going to rant on this. So, like you said, Jack, we needed a touchdown to win the game. So we've scored seven points up until six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Bill's defense is number one in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Probably top three in the league. Definitely top three, yeah. Yeah, and we haven't been able to score all day. We scored one touchdown. And we have confidence that our 0-for-3 kicker is going to make that 53-yard field goal. Then we're going to stop him, get the ball back, and drive the full length of the field against a top three defense and score another touchdown, which we'd only scored one touchdown up to that point. Like, I just don't understand how that makes sense. I'd rather just go for it. If we don't get it, cool, we don't get it, we'll stop him. But, like, that call. And, I mean, Santos, he was up good up until this game. I feel bad for him. He obviously didn't have the best game. I feel bad just putting it all on him because we had so many chances to win the game, and he's trying his best. But, I mean. I do feel bad because, like, uh, up until then, he was actually, like, pretty decent. We were like, holy shit, this Santos kid might be Yeah, first game, we were loving him. Yeah, we were like, he might be it. And then, like, we caught him week four. I saw a tweet today. It's like, an NFL kicker is a perfect job until you have one bad day. And then it's like. That's so true. Dude. You might be done for life. And honestly, like, shout out these kickers like Justin Tucker and Adam Vinatieri because you're right. Like, one bad day kicks you out of the league for the most part. Yeah, possibly, unless you've already had a big enough reputation. And these guys have had 10-plus years of being in the NFL. Speaking of one bad day, Cairo Santos replacement, old Cody Parkey. (laughs) Bears went 12-4 and last year. Cody, they're hard favorites in their uh, first playoff game. Cody Parkey has a layup field, not really a layup. It was like a thirty. It was like thirty-three yards. Thirty-three yard like that. field goal. That's a, that's a layup for an for NFL them to kicker. win a playoff game. Like as the clock's running out, misses it, death threats some Bears fans. Bears fans booing. Everybody like cussing him out. This is how bad it is though. They decided that after he missed that thirty yard, thirty whatever yarder, that they were gonna have. They were gonna. I don't know if it was the Bears or who. They were gonna set up a mock field goal in the. F- parking lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, they did do that. Fans and the fans <laughs> tried to kick the field goal. I forgot about that. I think one of them actually made it. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, my. I mean, I think his career stats aren't that bad. Actually, I was looking at him earlier today, but it's just that one kick that he's going to get defined for, for the rest of his life. But, yeah, I mean... Hopefully he's better. We just need him till Ryan Suckup's back. I don't. He's on IR, so he's got at least one more week. Week six, right? When he comes yeah, back, it's yeah. it's six weeks, I believe. So... Um, so I thought it was interesting how this year, sorry, last year against the Bills, we take the L in Buffalo. Nick Williams, Titans fans will remember, drops the touchdown right in his hands and no one around. Game-winning touchdown, pretty much. Gets cut after the game. This year against the Bills, Titans take the L. Santos 0 for 4, gets cut after the game. Seems like after we play the Bills, somebody's somebody gets getting cut. cut. <laughs> yeah. And and just to, just to not harp on the kicking – I don't think the kicking loss is a game. Obviously, we oh, would have won if we made three Yeah, three of the four field goals, um, which two were easily makeable, and you can make one of the 50 yarders. You should win that game. But Vrabel, we talked about that. And then we also ta- – um, we were inside their 12-yard line twice, and we elected to kick a field goal and obviously missed it. And on one of those times, we scored one touchdown with Derrick Henry, a uh, 10-, 12-yard run and got called back for holding. That same drive, Mariota throws it over the line of scrimmage. He was Oh, his right foot. To A.J. Brown. Wait, wait, he's right-handed, so he's throwing it. was his left foot. Scored another touchdown and got called back. And New York, really fast review. I think he was not over, but, I mean. Well, and, and again, I'm not an NFL ref. I don't know. Did, what, did Gene Simmons say that, that he would have called it? I think he said that he was, like, he, he was said, not over the line. Yeah. Like, the, the analysis for Fox Sports. He came back and he said that he wasn't over the line. I'm just curious to know if, like, when the when the refs are reviewing that play, do they go off of the blue line? Do they have the blue line, period? Or, like, what the deal is? Because if they have the blue line, I think that they know that he's not over. If they don't, I think it's a toss-up. So, I think on that, from my knowledge, the blue line of scrimmage line and the yellow first down line are both unofficial, so you can't go by either of those because yeah. it can be off. But... In my personal opinion, I'm trying to be unbiased. When I saw the replay, I thought he was over. You guys said he wasn't over. I was raging at the TV that he was not over. His left foot was in the air, but it was behind the line, and which makes that a legal pass and a touchdown. But, I mean, either way, we – We just missed so many chances. Multiple places we could have won the game. If we had that, if we had a reliable kicker, if we – I mean – O-line would have blocked. If O-line would have blocked – 
I just think we have a decent team, a decent foundation on our hands. And uh, I'm going to say it. I'm decently impressed with Marcus over these past two weeks. Like, I'll I'll keep it. I would have said that we're drafting Jake Fromm, but Ugh. now I, I, I think Fromm. I think that Marcus is actually doing a decent job. So. Yeah, he's playing well enough to win us these games. And but the thing is, and Will, you called this on the very first podcast. He's got to be healthy, and if he and he's dude, he's made every single start. And he he's besides two or three times. Yeah, knock on knock on wood if you're Besides two or three times he really hasn't put his body unnecessarily at risk which is a huge step for marcus marcus used to take dumb hits all the time do you remember the attempted hurdle like a week and a half ago okay i said besides two or three times (laughs) (laughs) um yeah unless he's going for a game-winning touchdown i don't want him leaving the ground he oh he took a scary hit this week below the knees didn't he get sacked Oh yeah, I actually called that though. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, that was that low hit. Oh, oh, when uh, Dion chopped him and he the got guy shot flew blocked. into yeah. Marcus, and his leg like looked like a hyperextended. But I was like, oh my god. But um, just to get rid of a little negativeness uh, around the Titans, I don't want to. I don't want to leave y'all feeling negative after hearing the podcast. Uh, last week, after five weeks in the NFL, the Dolphins led the AFC East. The Bengals led the AFC North. The Colts were one and three. The Texans were one and three, and the Redskins led the A- NFC East. So it's, it's early. It's early. It's a long season. Eleven weeks left, and we all know none of those things came true. Uh, most, of, actually, all three of those teams are the worst three teams in the league right now, and the Colts and the Texans made the playoffs. Yep. So yeah, we're we're fine. One thing that I'll say to kind of round this out is, um, who was it? Um, Goodness gracious. Clay, Clay Travis, he tweeted and he says, the Titans have won every game that they're the underdog in, and they've lost every game that they've been favored in. So, with that so being Titans said, right there. I'm on Bovada right now. Uh, Titans are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, we'll, we'll see We'll see where that goes. But, jeez, um, I hope we can turn it around. I think we've made, like, enough mistakes in, like, each facet of the game that maybe we can throw them all together and learn from it. Taylor came out in his uh, post-game presser saying, we need to be better. It's on all of us. And I'm actually glad he said it's on all of us. He goes, it's on players, coaches, front office. He said, like, everybody in the organization. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that at least Except somebody in defense. that locker room is holding somebody accountable. Jeez. Um, uh, Jeffrey Simmons? Uh, oh, well, what I was going yeah, we'll to say, Broncos, the only thing I'm worried about is – Von Miller. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Lines up on Jack Conklin's. <laughs> is Bradley Chubb, is he hurt? Bradley Chubb towards ACL. So we're, okay. we, don't, we don't have to worry about both sides. But Von Miller does come off Jack Conklin's side. <laughs> Just put three guys there and block. Like, oh my God. That's going to frustrate me all day long, dude. I'm going to have to worry about Von ni- Miller for the next six days. I'm going to have nightmares about Von Miller destroying Jack Conklin and then killing Marcus's. Uh, honestly, our weakest point of the O line too. I'm fine with pretty the, much every other one. The right side, yeah. The left side. Once the left side gets chemistry, that's going to be the left side's gonna best be left money. side in the league. Yeah, agree. Yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Rounding out the Titans. Talk to me about Jeffrey Simmons for a couple minutes. Yes. So big news out of the Titans camp today. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is allowed to practice. Um, once you're on the non-football injury list, you have to wait. That's a six-week period. Uh, you can't even practice. You can be at practice. You can't practice. So he's practicing. They said expected uh, expected time to be back will be uh, week, week seven. seven against the Chargers, which is a big game. I know the Chargers haven't been the Chargers of the past couple of years, but um, it would be love to have him. It would be limited, obviously, in week seven. But um, Jeffrey Simmons is our first-round pick defensive tackle, and I feel like the only weak point in our defense is up the middle. And we have Jarrell Casey, obviously, but if Jarrell Casey has a first-round pick counterpart that was talked about being going with first five picks before he tore his ACL, can come back, I think our defense is the best in the league. And, yeah, even for the Patriots, best in the league. And uh, so, yeah, that's big news for us because if the offense can't do it, the defense is going to have to do it. Yeah, I was going to say, so – just to make sure everyone's clear, Jeffrey Simmons was our first-round pick out of Mississippi State. Was projected to be a top-five pick, I believe. Yeah. So was projected to be a top-five pick, and then in the pre-draft process, the combine, all the drills and stuff you have to go through, he tore his ACL. So that dropped his draft stock dramatically, and we ended up picking him at, what did we have, 18? 19. 19, something like that. So 
Hopefully, we got a top five talent at 19. I don't think if you guys tell me your expectations for him uh, when he gets back. But, I mean, hopefully he can play at least the first two or three weeks. He'll play sparingly probably, like every once in a while. Maybe when it gets later in the season, he'll play a little bit more often. But I just love to see us get a little more pressure on the quarterback when he's in there and healthy um, and sometimes be able to stop those up-the-middle runs like we let up a few of those late in the game when we still had a chance to get the ball back this past week. Some of those up-the-middle runs uh, he can definitely help on and also the pass rush. But, yeah, what do you guys think expectation-wise? Well, uh, first thing is I I, I had a little typo. Uh, We were actually – the Broncos are actually favored by two and a half points. So oh, hey, good. Maybe we'll win. <laughs> that's dumb. That is dumb. But that's what Bavada. That's what Bavada's telling me right now. Please, we'll see if it please changes. let Joe Flacco throw against our, D- our DBs. If Joe Flacco shreds us, hey, <laughs> we're not good. Then <laughs> we're not good. Speaking of that, before we started recording, I proposed a little challenge to the boys. Um, we're gonna pre- predict uh, the score for this upcoming week, and who's ever off by the most is going to have to eat a full bowl of cereal on our Instagram page, Instagram Live. Follow us at The Training Camp Podcast. Bef- yes, at The Training pa- Camp pod- Podcast before we record. We'll give you plenty of warning. Um, but, yeah, so I'm gonna, I guess I'll go. Um, I'll, I'm going to say I'm not going to count on Cody Parkey for any field goals. So let's go 21-17 Titans. I was going to say uh, 20, 21-14 Titans. Jeez, boys. Cutting it close. You got you to play know. some uh, prices right. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to prices right. It. Um, all right. Will, you said 21 17. Jack, you said 21 14. So you got to go okay, outside. I'll go 21 18. <laughs> wow. Bold. If it's anything over that, then I get it. Right? I got faith in our defense. We're good. And we'll- Actually, wait. Nope. It's locked in. All right. Fine. It's locked in, baby. It's locked in. How are we doing the. Like spread. So we're gonna do on each side. We're gonna do like do it per total team. points. Not total points because that doesn't make sense. Like per team. Because what if yeah. what if the Titans win thirty eight to zero? Then like I missed on the Titans by seventeen and missed by them on seventeen. All right, tell yeah. me then. So then you we'll, we'll figure it out off the podcast. Yeah. All right, we'll figure yeah. it out off the podcast. I think you got to get the winning. We all have the Titans, am I right? We, yeah, yeah, we just said okay. Yeah. So you got to get the winning team plus. If we lose, we'll put the team. challenge off till another week. Yeah, you got to get the team right. Eat cereal out of depression. Well, we all have twenty one, so we have to figure that out. I'll okay. buy. I'll buy one of y'all some cinnamon toast crunch or something. Bet, bet. <laughs> well, hey, we're uh, moving from. Uh, Nissan Stadium to Bridgestone Arena. Predators Sir. showing out tonight with the uh, what did we win tonight? Five to two. It was good. We had a, a little open net goal by Fabro. Uh, Duchesne's diamond him up and Yossi's putting him in the net. So I think it's pretty good. Y'all talk to me. Yeah, big win for the Preds tonight against the San Jose Sharks. Two and one on the season. Uh, we're starting the game. We're starting the season off with a four game homestand, I believe. So we got one more home game coming up. These past three have been at home. It's nice to get a strong start at home. Hopefully we can get this next one and go 3-1. and one. That'd be a good start. But, yeah, biggest biggest uh, eye-opener so far, obviously, has been Duchesne. Three assists in the first game, six assists in the first three games. Hasn't put a goal in yet, but six assists in three games. I believe I saw he had eight assists in 23 games with the Blue Jackets last season. So, obviously, he's loving Nashville. And I saw him the other day talking about how much skill we have and how this can be a special group. So I hope he's right. Yeah. I mean, we, we've looked amazing. I've watched two full games of our three games. And um, passing looks better. Top two lines look better. Scoring is not top line heavy like it was at this point last year. Power play. Uh, we scored twice on our three, power play. Three for eight. Three for eight. And even when we don't score, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we've had prime chances on our power play, which – Half the time we couldn't even set up our power play last year. And we've seen that once or twice. I mean, that's going to happen. But uh, power play looks good. Passing looks good. Uh, Duchesne's definitely the uh, engineer inside for that. And um, But my shocker tonight, uh, Kyle Turris scored a pretty much unassisted goal. <laughs> it was like it was like a two on one, and he just went ahead and shot it. And, Coming uh, down the left side and just kind of sniped it. And if right you, under the pads. Yeah, if you're if you're a Preds fan, you know we didn't see that at all last year. If you got a goal, it was usually a tip off his back or <laughs> it, it hit the top of his stick and dribbled in the goal. So hey, call me crazy. Let me do a hot take here. Um, I think not having PK is doing us favors. Oh, definitely. I think that he would just hog the puck and try to bring it up, turn it over, and that kind of like leaked into the rest of the game. Duchesne's kind of a facilitator. He's kind of passing the puck around, and I think that's making us all better, especially 
flipping up the Jofa line too. I think that's had a, a huge play for us is that we finally switched up the lines enough that we're we're scoring goals, boys. We have uh, we have thirteen goals in three games. I love thirteen it. goals in three games. I feel like last year we were winning like two to one and two to zero. Like anytime we won, we were losing yeah. like one to two or something like that. So and I also feel like in our in our seventeen cup run, like everybody stepped up, no matter like who it was. And last year, I feel like we didn't really have like a like an identity. And then this year, I feel like we got a bunch of like good players facilitating. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do well this year. Obviously, we're only three games in. Uh, next game is going to be. Uh, tomorrow, which is going to be uh, Thursday. Oh, shoot. It's 12.06 a.m. It's today, Wednesday, um, at 8 against Caps at home. Capitals? Yep. That'll be a test. Ovechkin coming to town. But, yeah, first few games of the season. Hopefully we're getting our chemistry down here. Obviously we're not going to be in midseason or postseason form, but hopefully when we get to playoffs, hopefully if we get to playoffs, um, we'll get it rolling by then. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what these boys can do. New group out there. Yeah, I think we finally look uh, defense for I mean, offense first instead of defense first, which is nice. And um, that is nice. Let me go ahead and take a bull take too. I I think we're gonna have a better record this year, and I think we're gonna go back to back to back Central Division champions. Dang, dude, that's the toughest division in hockey right there. <laughs> you win that, you're a shoe in to make a run. So let's well, do it. Let's not jinx ourselves too early. It's a bull take. That's it. A, it's, it's, it bull, is a bull take. And that's regarding health. All all takes are always regarding health. I mean, you got us, Winnipeg, Dallas Stars, St. Louis Blues, Colorado has one of the best offenses in the league. They're all in our division. So whoever wins that division is one of the best teams in the league. You're probably not going to have the best record because you're playing all those teams during the season, but you've got to be one of the best teams in the league if you win that division. I mean, as we know with hockey, it's all about getting hot at the right time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously we won Central Division last year, and Blues still kicked ass in the whole whole series – or whole uh, cup run and ended up winning, so – it's just gonna be a. It's just gonna be who gets hot at the right time. I think these first five games are showing that we can do it, and then uh, when we get later on down the line, we'll see how it rolls. It was nice to see first game of the season that we didn't actually lift the central division or we didn't raise the central division banner. <laughs> it was already in the rafters, and they just like took a cover off it. It was like, thank All God, right, dude. Another one of these. We don't want one of these. We want a Stanley Cup one. About time. We'll raise that when we get it. I mean, to me, it's like. You have a necklace with a bunch of little diamonds, and you're getting a little diamond, little diamond, and they're going to get the big old diamond. That's the Stanley <laughs> Cup. That's coming. That was a nice metaphor there. Yeah. Little... How long did it take you to think of that? I just thought of it. Actually. Nice yeah. one on the fly. Off the brain. <laughs> Shout out Natty Ice. You make the brains work a little better. So That's true. Some, we've some we've heard two two tops popped during this podcast <laughs> alone. Uh, one thing I did see is that the, the Sharks are starting 0-4. Yeah, which dude. Real, it really sucks. I mean, they're a good team, too. And I don't know about tonight. Winnipeg started 1-2, and two, which, I mean, obviously three games doesn't mean much. but Yeah, I think they won tonight. I think they're 2-2 two and two now. Yeah, so. But, yeah, if you're the Sharks and you – I mean, if you get behind the eight ball, the only thing you can't do at the beginning of the season in hockey is just fall behind because it's so hard to make up ground. Yeah. But, I mean, they're starting 0-4. They're probably getting a little nervous in that locker room. I mean, what I got right here, uh, just as it stands through the short five games that, that the NHL has played – Excuse me. Is that uh, Blues three and two, Abs two and two, Preds three and two, Jets four and two? Oh, I'm sorry. This is uh, let's see, win loss. Two o, two o, two one, two two, and Stars starting one and three. Hawks zero and one, and Wild zero and two. So I mean, we're we're we're, we're rolling. It's a long season, but it's a long season. we're gonna have fun. We look good. It looks like it's gonna be a fun season for us. So sorry, that was a. That was a jumble of numbers. I don't like the way Google puts together the stats. I need to look on NHL.com. Take notes, listeners. But, yeah, I think uh, our new lines, uh, Forsberg, Duchesne, Grenland first. Who would have thought Grenland would be on the first line? Jeez. I know. And then uh, you got uh, Craig Smith, uh, Ryan Johansson, and Victor Arvidsson on the second line. I think if we can establish those, like, strong two lines up front and say, like, hey, one of you go first tonight and then one of you go first the next night, I feel like having those, like, two interchangeable lines really does us some favors thoughts griffin yeah i'd agree and also a lot of the times especially when you get to playoffs it's not about the top line or the top two lines it's about it's about the grinders and somebody just put in a goal and then you're not when you're not expecting it it's about those i mean when you get to playoffs it's not about the pretty goals like people putting in between their legs like arby's doing these days it's more about the grind goals and just find a way to put it in the net so i like i like as much as i love the top two lines right now i like the sissons benino watson line they always show up 
playoff time. And then Grimaldi, if he's on the fourth line, like he was our leading goal scorer in the in the playoffs last year, and he's on our fourth line. So yep. I think those bottom two lines can be just as much of a factor as the top two. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what we get into this year. Well, uh, we will update you guys later on how the Preds are doing. I love talking about the Preds. I think it's about time that we start talking about the Preds. And, uh, man, I just love hockey season. Next games, uh, we got the Capitals, Kings, Golden Knights, and Coyotes. Those are our next ones. Let's see. Uh, yeah, those are our next ones coming up. We'll let you know how they go. Got a West West Coast trip coming up, I guess. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Will, uh, I want to start a new segment where we start talking about things other than sports. You decided to put it out on the uh, our Training Camp Podcast's uh, Instagram. You can follow us at the Training Camp Podcast. And uh, these are going to be topics that are not related to... Uh, sports at all so give me give me one let's see where we go from here yeah so we've been asking people because uh, we know a lot of our friends and listeners like don't love sports and don't know what we're talking about half the time so we said hey ask us non-sports questions and uh we'll go for them and as a teaser we said like for example ask dating advice for us three and <laughs> somebody actually asked dating advice our boy johnny Van- jonathan Venetta <laughs> said i would kill to hear all of y'all's dating advice. So if y'all want to give a 15, 30-second blurb of your dating advice, we'll go around. Johnny, this one goes out to you. Just be yourself. Stop looking, and the right one will come. Is there? That's mine. Uh, oh, my God. This is so <laughs> weird. I love um, it. All right. Yeah, Johnny, I'll give you some dating advice because I've been like on a ton of dates the past few weeks, if you can't tell. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was a complete joke for all you listeners out there. Um, yeah, I'm with Beard. Be yourself. Usually when you aren't expecting it, that's when things will happen. So don't go around looking for things every two seconds and stick to your guns, stick to your values. Don't just be yourself, man. Don't like drop your values just so you can find some girl or somebody out there or you girls don't drop your values because you want to find some guy. Just be yourself. And when you're not looking for someone, usually that's when it happens. God, we're just I'm being so, so curious to hear your we're advice. We're being so <laughs> ethical here. I'm so interested to see your will. Yeah, Will. No worries. I got man. you. Uh, here you go. Johnny, you know, I've been out of the game for a little bit, but uh, I would say. Um, Come on, Will. Give me something juicy. Let me, give me one second. Uh, you're building up the oh. hype here. You better have something. Yeah, I need a little drum roll. Um, duh, all right. Duh, duh, duh. Treat every girl you meet like she's, like you know she has a mom, a dad, a older brother. She is somebody to someone. <laughs> you need to treat her as as though from a big big brother. I would say that. Um, Just like my pink Whitney here. And um, <laughs> I would say, be spontaneous. Um, girls want a guy with confidence, and uh, if you're the one initiating it and being confident, you will be more successful than not. Hey Johnny. I've got a uh, I got a challenge for you, my guy. I'm leaning my mic in real close for this one. Uh, I know you got a little crush. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Ask her out this week, and then chime in on the next training camp podcast. Let's see how it goes. Weird. <laughs> Treat <laughs> her right. like she's got a mom and a dad and a brother. Hey, hit me with one more, Will. That All was right. interesting. Uh, an- Wait, is yours not sports or non sports? The question you have. Oh, uh, mine was sports. So right. keep we'll, going with non sports. We'll, we'll ride non sports this week. As long as it's not our, dating Our advice. boy, ASAP Jacobs, all the way from Ireland, said... He is featured on episode three of the Training Camp podcast. Go check him out. He said, what is your ideal date night? Do you want to do first date or date night? Oh. Let's do... Let's what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah, let's do date night. For, first dates are always boring. If, if you and a girl are dating for like a year, and you're going to have like a, a perfect non-formal anniversary one-year date, what would that be? Is it an anniversary? No, it doesn't have to be an anniversary. I'm saying like you're totally. Well, that changes the game. You're totally comfortable now. Like you're not trying to out. You're not yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. Fancy. But you is it be fun? But is it an anniversary or is it just like some random? No last anniversary. Night? Say it's a year and two months. All right, Griffin. My ideal date night is probably hmm, if I'm in Nashville. I mean, I'm just assuming I'm in Nashville. Of course. Uh, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> my ideal date night is. On Broadway, go in, watch the Preds win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Stop, dude. Come out no. on Broadway, go crazy. That's my ideal date night. What, me? Oh, yeah. God. I would say, um, find you like a, find you like, find, okay, here you go. Find a new city, a concert you want to go to in a city you've never been to. Dang. 
uh, grab an Airbnb for the night in between. Yes, Ex yes. Ex get there early, explore the city the day before, go to the concert, stay in the Airbnb, wink, and then <laughs> the next day... Griffin, you're alone. This is so day, stupid. The next dude. day, explore, explore the town a little bit and... Uh, I know this is like you could uh, travel wherever hey, you want to travel cute. sort of thing. It's cute. Well, if you got if you got the if you, you got, got the that dough, though. Okay. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. All right, Jack, let's hear yours, man. Dude, mine is like, it's a full day. It is a full day. You you wake up, you know, around like 8, 830. You go get a nice breakfast. I'm thinking like Loveless Cafe. You don't wait in line. You got to, it's just no line. You go straight in. Uh, you do something outdoorsy. You know, you go take a walk or something like that. Then you go have, have lunch and you get into the evening. You start getting ready. And then you go do something fun, whether that's like a concert it's a game, it's some kind of event, and then uh, you have a nice dinner afterwards, and then uh, and then a little movie, little movie right after. Yes, sir. Yeah. You got the bills. <laughs> that sounds like straight out of The Bachelor or something right there. Both y'all. Okay. What? Mine's good. Yeah, I liked yours, Will. I yeah. didn't say I disliked it. Little, little country concert for two. I liked mine too. I liked yours. I mean, that's in a perfect world. That's what I'm saying. Perfect world. I'll watch the Preds win the Stanley Cup with my dream they, girl. What if they lose and you're with your dream girl? You're gonna associate it with that with her. What do you mean? You said life. it was my ideal first date. My ideal first date entails them winning. First date. I love ideal this. dream or ideal date. All right. Same <laughs> All right. We're wrapping up here, guys. Uh, we're hitting about 52 minutes. Uh, if you like these longer podcasts um, or if you're listening till the end, say that we that you saw us uh, over here and comment in our uh, Apple Music comments down below. Make sure you give us a rating. Give us a five star rating and then leave us a comment. I'm still the only comment down there or I may, there may be one more I'm still thinking about it but give me a comment give me a, <laughs> comment. a good one <laughs> give me a comment in Apple give us a follow on Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube leave us a comment down there uh, we put a lot of work into giving this to guys giving this to you guys and we just want to make sure you enjoy it so hey hit us up let us know if any recommendations you got uh, Griffin who are you shouting out Thanks for listening. Shout out to everybody who's listening and supporting. We appreciate it. Shout out the Pink Whitney boys. If Spittin' Chicklets Podcast wants to hey, sponsor send us. send us a case, guys. Dude, I'm going to tweet a picture of the us at them with Pink Whitney sitting yeah, in front of Honestly, us. Honestly, so. here, here, thumbnail right now. Yeah. Look at the camera like, okay, perfect. All right. So we'll, we got a picture we'll, we'll to send to them now. That and we'll send it to them. Yeah. All right, William. Uh, yeah, shout out followers. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, also, Natty Ice. Throw me a sponsor. I'm going to start drinking them on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> past few weeks, I've been recovering because we've been doing it on a Sunday from the long weekend, yeah, obviously. True. true. Uh, go Vols. Go Tits. Go Preds. Follow me. Go Cards. Here you go. You can follow me on Instagram at V underscore JBeard. Follow Will at, uh, at It's Will's World with double D's on the end. And Griffin at uh, Griffin GBump17. Ah, I'm finally getting it. <laughs> Barely. I'm finally getting it. GBump17. All right, guys. We're out of here. Uh, shout out Pink Whitney. Shout out Natty Ice. Shout out you guys. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs>